Welcome back to another episode of Questions and Answers about the Bible and Theology. You can now subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you can access a podcast feed. You can also listen on our website at clbcmn.org. Today, I'm with Josh Huber, and we're going to talk about Bible translations. This topic can sometimes get a little controversial, probably sometimes needlessly so, but I think it's important for us to think about Bible translations, and so I'm happy for us to be able to talk about that here. It's good to be here, Aaron. As we talk about Bible translations today, I have just a few questions for you as we consider this um, important issue for our churches. As we know, there are many churches that use a variety of different translations, even our own church here at Crystal Lake has. As we've been looking through the history of Crystal Lake, I know you've been doing some research that way. Can you tell us what has Crystal Lake in its past used for its Bible translation here? Yeah, so you, you're you right. There's been a variety of translations that have been used at its inception Crystal Lake Baptist Church used the New International Version, the NIV. So this is the translation that is quoted in the founding documents in the original constitution. And it served as far as I can tell as the primary translation for this church for the first 30 years or so of her existence. But then when Phil Smith came about 21 Mm -hmm. years ago, he began preaching and teaching on a regular basis out of the New American Standard Bible, the NASB or the NASB. And it just seems that as he continued to preach and teach out of that, that's the version that was just used predominantly. Um, Though, as we look at the Constitution and other documents, the use of the NIV remained standard. Uh, But then just from conversation, anecdotally, it sounds like in children's ministry, a different translation was used that was a little bit more easy to understand than the, the NASB was. When you and I, Josh, when we came and eventually began pastoring here, I think we noticed a plethora of versions being used. So I think I've seen the King James Version, the KJV, the New Living Translation, the NLT, the English Standard Version, the ESV, and then, of course, the NASB and the NIV, along with others as well. And so um, we've just seen a lot of different translations represented by the members and attenders of the church. And then I think initially, because the church we came from Mm -hmm. and our practice had been to use the English Standard Version when we started teaching and preaching, we just used the English Standard Version. And we actually have borrowed some pew Bibles with the ESV Mm -hmm. that have been on the shelf in the back for some time. So that's kind of, I think, the history of Bible translations here. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's probably good to mention that beginning last year, as you and I were talking about Bible translations, one that we had started reading from and that I have read through twice now is the Christian Standard Bible. And uh, lately, especially over the last several months, 
Um, I've been teaching and preaching out of the Christian Standard Bible that's published by Holman and really made available through Lifeway Christian Publishers. Uh, so in short, I think as we look at the history of Crystal Lake Baptist Church, we're thankful that there hasn't been a history of a belief in one version as mm-hmm. the like silver bullet translation. Um, but I think, though, we want to keep encouraging that, this use of multiple translations. But I think it's also probably helpful for the church to be able to be looking at the same text during mm-hmm. preaching and teaching to be able to memorize the same text corporately, and then to be able to read the text out loud together mm-hmm. and, and to do that with uniformity. And so while I think we want to encourage multiple translation use mm-hmm. in homes and other places, there's probably wisdom in using a standard translation for study and preaching and teaching. Mm-hmm. And it helps people, of course, as they're hearing the word preached, to uh, be able to follow along. They're not confused if there's a happens to be a different word there, and then suddenly we're on different pages, and I'm sure all sorts of things like that. Yeah, and and I think you know people are welcome to bring whatever translation they want to mm-hmm. read from to the services, and we generally, when we're going to read corporately out loud together, that text will be on the screen so everyone's following along there and you know there's probably some benefit in bringing a different translation because Mm -hmm. then you can Mm -hmm. see what the translation issues might be i Mm. think you and i both make a point to read through the text we're preaching or teaching on in multiple translations trying to see what everyone's reading Mm -hmm. and then at the important areas where there are distinctions or it's translated in different ways i think we try to mention that so someone's not harmed by bringing a different translation but they might be helped by being able to follow along closely with what what we're looking at and just have a general sense of a standard that we're using on a week-to-week basis so they're not caught off guard yeah that's great yeah I can think of um, someone that might come in, though, and, and wonder, so Aaron, Josh, uh, why the Christian Standard Bible? Why why this version? There's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So why the Christian Standard Bible? Why would you settle on that one? What, what would you say to a person like that? Yeah, I think I would want to start by just saying that we live in really a golden age of Bible translations. Mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of really good translations out there. Mm-hmm. And so I can think of three or four translations that I would be really happy to use. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it in one way is a benefit and a blessing because you could just pick one off the shelf and it would work really well. Um, But then there's also the challenge of narrowing it down to one precisely for this standard. Mm -hmm. I, I think that we need to recognize that every Bible translation involves interpretation. And this is because language and translation is difficult. Different languages slice up the world in different ways. And so whether you're translating from Spanish to English or ancient Hebrew to English, you're making interpretive decisions along the way. Hmm. Some Bible translations then tend to try to make less interpretive decisions, but it results in a more wooden and stilted translation. Sometimes word order is out of whack. Sometimes things are just really not clear. And that's because they're trying not to make that interpretive decision. 
Um, other translations make more interpretive decisions, and that results in a more fluid text. It, you know, the sentences flow better, it's better English, and so there's always a trade-off there. I think that the Christian Standard Bible does a really good job of making the text as readable and fluid as possible, mm-hmm. putting it in as good English as possible without overstepping too far in making interpretive decisions. Hmm. So every translation makes interpretive decisions, some more than others. I think the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible, does a good job in finding a balance there. Hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. one, One of the features of the Christian Standard Bible that I think makes it more helpful along these lines is it has a copious amount of footnotes. And so wherever there are translation issues or textual variants or something like that that would impact the way the text is translated, there's a footnote there. And at the bottom of the page, you can see, you know, alternatives. And so Hmm. sometimes the footnote will just say literally, and then it will put this really wooden stilted phrase. Hmm. Or other times it might say some other manuscripts have this Hmm. representation. And so I think that amount of footnotes is really helpful in a standard translation that we'd use for preaching and teaching and study because it automatically makes you aware of the issues and it cues you in to when the translators are making an interpretive decision. Mm -hmm. By putting the footnote there, it makes you aware of the issue and then you can work through that on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, so, So on the whole, I think it's a readable clear translation that Mm. highlights the difficulties with the footnotes but it makes it accessible for readers on every level Mm. including Mm -hmm. children and those who don't speak english as a first language Mm. so all of that to say because the csb uses (laughs) good common english it's easy to read and understand and consequently sermons then can focus on the content of the text Instead of working through complicated sentence structures Mm. or defining obsolete words. But then on the other hand, because they're trying to strike a balance there um, and and they put footnotes there, it allows us as pastors and teachers to point out alternative translations as we try to explain the text. And so there may be times where we disagree with the way the CSB renders something. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a lot easier to explain our disagreement if we can just say, you'll probably notice the footnote at the bottom of the page, which provides this alternative rendering. And we tend to agree with that one. It just makes the teaching and preaching Mm -hmm. a lot more clear and accessible for people in the the pew, or in our case, in the the chair. (laughs) Yeah, in the chair, thankfully. Um, that's, that's, that's very helpful, Aaron. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so does this mean then that the Christian Standard Bible is going to be the Bible translation that we use as the main one for Crystal Lake for, let's say, the next hundred years? Is this it? Lord willing, <laughs> this church will be thriving in a hundred years, <laughs> yeah. and we will both be dead. I don't want to be a hundred and thirty years old, so... Um, will the church use this translation forever? That's impossible to say. Mm-hmm. What is possible to say is that every Bible translation needs updating on occasion. Mm-hmm. This is on the one hand because Bible translations aren't perfect. So translation committees might review certain things. 
and say we missed the mark on that one. You know, the scholarship is always at work and, and maybe there's evidence that a different rendering is better. And so there are occasionally adjustments to any translation in that way, mm-hmm. any version. But then also we just have to recognize that languages develop over time. Words change meaning. So the def- the dictionary definition, the denotation changes according to its use in a cultural context, the connotation. And so as words shift in meaning, you have to update the, the translation to accommodate for that shift in meaning. Mm-hmm. And so we think of an example like the word gay um, or ass. Those words in, you know, 50 or 100 years ago meant something totally different than they do now. And so that's why, whether it's in our hymnals or in our Bible translations, we update those. And it's a really good thing because it removes a distraction. And especially for those who speak English as a second language or who are not as educated or who are not familiar with the Bible, it removes sort of this stumbling block to understanding. And so that will happen with the Christian Standard Bible. Now, they they have released their 2020 text update, and so that's available, and I think there are good updates there. I think words change faster now than ever before because of social media mm-hmm. and television shows, this globalization of language. You kind of see accents dropping out in kind of a universalization of language. And so when a television show starts to use a word in a certain way, it catches on and the Mm -hmm, connotation mm -hmm. quickly overtakes that denotation. So we'll see updates to the CSB. Uh, But (laughs) whatever Bible translation or version we would use, we would have that. That's a good thing Mm -hmm. for for Bible translations to be sensitive to the receptor language. So whether or not we are using the CSB for the foreseeable future, future, we can at least say it will be updated due to language and the nature of its evolution and how it changes yes. over time. Yep. Yeah, and again, that's mm-hmm. true of every mm-hmm. translation. So the English Standard Version in 2016 released an update to the text. Mm-hmm. The New American Standard Bible, I think in 2021, is releasing an update to its text. Mm -hmm. Uh, The NIV has been updated multiple times. Mm -hmm. And so it's just part of translation. And we're not changing the Bible or its original meaning. We're just adapting to our change in meaning of words because our language just doesn't mean the same thing as it did 20 years ago, 30 years ago, a year ago. Exactly. And you see this in other realms of Mm -hmm. literature, right? And so whether it's John Calvin's Institutes of the Christian Religion or a copy of Dickens' work or Shakespeare, there are updates to the language in modern translation. Mm. So for those of us who maybe have or have not used the Christian Standard Bible, where, where can someone get a copy of it? Where, where can they uh, go to access this perhaps for free or even purchase a, a hard copy? Yeah, that's a good question. I think very initially we want to have them as pew Bibles on that shelf in the back to where people could just borrow them and use them, whether it's just in a service or if they need to use it for some other purpose. But really, it's available for free 
online mm-hmm. read csbible.com i think or is an app on your smartphone or android mm-hmm. or whatever your your device is it's there for free mm-hmm. and so i think that's really helpful um so for someone who might say well for my personal use i want to stick with the nlt i really have used that for 15 years i've memorized verses out of it that's what i want to use in my devotions keep that translation, Mm -hmm. download the free app. You know, you don't have to invest really anything in it and you Mm -hmm. can still track along. But then you can purchase the Christian Standard Bible in print in the codex form, which I prefer, (laughs) you you know, really anywhere books are sold, Amazon or Lifeway. Or if you have trouble accessing that, we could certainly put an order in on your behalf and make sure that you get one of those. That's helpful. And for those who do use smartphones, the app version is a great one. It's the one I use for all my translations. You can you have access to hundreds of free translations. So I recommend that one. Uh, thanks for your time, Aaron, for sharing with us about Bible translations. Any closing thoughts here? No, I think this is good. I think it's a good conversation to have. Of course, if you have questions about mm. Bible translations, whether that's our use of Bible translations, how to incorporate multiple translations into your own study, or even the transmission and translation process and the philosophies behind that. We would love to talk. I believe we even have a recording of a two-part Bible class that I did on translations during our hermeneutics biblical interpretation class from a year or so ago that we could point you to. But let's praise God for Bible translations. There are saints across the globe who don't have access to the Bible in their language. And so we carry on that Reformation principle of the people being able to being able to read and understand the Bible and carry on that incarnational principle of God meeting us in an understandable, intelligible